Today on the news and why it matters, uh, President, former President Barack Obama thinks that women should just rule the world. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Also, uh, it's happening. Democrats say they have the votes for impeachment. We will talk about what will happen there. Uh, also, SCOTUS has decided that, uh, you know, sleeping in public places, homeless camps, it's all fine. It's all fine. Again, what could possibly go wrong? Got a lot to get into today, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez today. Oh, you guys are going to love today. We are joined by Stubergear, who I, did, I mean, I'm sure you're fine with Stu, but yeah. really, I was mostly saying that. <laughs> I'm underwhelmed myself. <laughs> <laughs> because we've got uh, Josh Hammer, editor at large for The Daily Wire, Josh Hammer, and we've got Lauren Chen back in the studio, host of, of course, Blaze TV's own Pseudo Intellectual. So, so happy to be here. Yeah, thank so you excited. for excited. Yeah, well, and I see you chose to wear a sweater today. Yeah, it's cold. It's, it's cold in it's here. Cold. Is yeah. it colder outside or inside? Great question. Yes. <laughs> right? Great question. Yeah. <laughs> Gun to my head, I can't answer that question because it's too damn cold in here. Uh, got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Overcomer, which is available for download today. Uh, this is from the Kendrick Brothers, which is obviously the most beloved uh, faith storytellers. They were behind the movie Courageous and War Room. So if you've seen those, you know that those are both hits. So is Overcomer. Overcomer tells the story of Coach John Harrison when his high school basketball team's state championship dreams are crushed under the weight of unexpected news and the largest plant, uh, manufacturing plant in town suddenly shuts down. Hundreds of families begin moving away. They're displaced. And uh, John has to uh, all of a sudden go into coaching cross country. And he's like, cross country kind of sucks. Maybe I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, it is a, uh, it's a powerful movie. It's filled with a mix of faith, a twist of humor, a ton of heart. It's got a lot of uh, notable uh, Christian actors in there that you will see. And it, uh, it's a good movie for the family. It's the holiday season. It's among us. And, you know, you're going to gather all of your family for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate. This is a great movie for everyone. You can go to OvercomerMovie.com. That is OvercomerMovie.com. It is available for digital download, Blu-ray, DVD today. Don't miss it. OvercomerMovie.com. What to get into first, you guys? There's so much to talk about. Um, let's talk about... Let's talk about SCOTUS first. Uh, they decided today they chose not to hear um, an appeal from the Ninth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals. So what happened was Boise, Idaho, mm -hmm. um, there was a group of homeless and formerly homeless Boise residents that challenged the, the ban on camping and sleeping in public spaces. And they said it violates the Eighth Amendment's ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Um, when it's used as the basis for criminal penalties against homeless people who are sleeping outside because, you know, they can't find space in a shelter or what have you. So U.S. Circuit of uh, Ninth Circuit uh, of Appeals agreed with this group of homeless people saying that uh, it it did constitute cruel and unusual punishment. They can't impose criminal penalties on homeless residents for lacking the means um, to, uh, you know, to to live out there. And the, the Supreme Court decided Today, I believe it was today. Maybe it was yesterday. It was yesterday. But... Was it yesterday? Uh, they decided late yesterday that they would not actually um, hear this case. Josh, you're our legal expert, so I want to get your take on this first because I was I was shocked by this. Were you? 
Uh, to put it mildly, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should be shocked. We all should be, we all should be shocked. It's, it, let me contextualize this. I think my tweet when I first saw this was, I think I said, this Eighth Amendment claim is a constitutional claim that would make Justices Brennan, Thurgood Marshall, Chief Justice Earl Warren, all of the iconic judicial activists of the mid-20th century, this, this, this would make them blush, okay? <laughs> I, I, let, let, let's contextualize. Let's say this. At the time of the American founding, okay, there were public executions. They literally would bring the gallows out and execute people in public. And that activity was viewed as consistent with the cruel and unusual punishment clause. So to say now, in the, in the year 2019, that homeless people, hold aside the policy, okay? People can disagree over policy. Now, here in Texas, people are flocking in from San Francisco. They're trying to turn the city of Austin into, like, a refuge for the homeless. There are plenty of policy concerns. But as a constitutional argument, to say that you have an affirmative right that a city is obligated to allow homeless people to do this as an Eighth Amendment matter, it, it, it's nonsensical beyond belief. So you have every right to be shocked, and it really should shock the conscience, I think, of all of us, actually. Yeah. Still, what do you think? I think the most cruel and unusual punishment here is being homeless in Boise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, if you're going to be homeless, like, it's, you know, not not fun, no. but, I mean, you really want to do everything again to get out of Boise um, <laughs> for a million reasons. Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, like, that's a great way of putting it in that, like, it's looking at it the other way, that you have an affirmative right to be able to sleep wherever you want is obviously, I mean, to me, completely ridiculous. Now, there's a different standard, too, of ruling on a case and not hearing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they could push it down the road a little bit until another one pops up and take it later or whatever it is. But uh, it, it does seem like the, the wrong thing. There has to be some guidelines that a city can implement to make their city livable. I you know going to, we've gone on vacations and stuff to various cities around. I mean, it's San Francisco and, and oddly Denver. I remember being yeah. two. I mean, it's like you can't go to the areas where you're supposed to go for whatever, you know, uh, touristy type of thing you're doing without being, you know, surrounded by lots of homeless people, um, which again, there's nothing wrong, you know, like people have their, you know, they have their issues or, you know, but it's, it's, it's not just homeless people, it's the begging and, and all of these other things that are kind of associated with it, usually with really nice sneakers on, like $300 <laughs> sneakers and you're begging me for money. Um, probably some nice joints in Denver as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, probably now. It was before that. It was before that, was, uh, that had gone down. But yeah, I mean, I think there has to be some level of um, ability to be able to stop this. I mean, we've seen this in, in, in San Francisco with, you know, all the way up to going to the bathroom on the sidewalk. Right. Uh, well, they don't today, even seem to be able to, they're going to be affirmative right for that too soon. Well, just today there was a picture. I don't know if you guys saw it on online. There was a picture. I believe it was in San Francisco. There was a dude just like taking a dump inside of a store, but he did find the toilet paper in the store and oh, was wow. using the toilet paper, but instead of going to the bathroom in the store, is just right in the middle of the aisle. Well, it's okay, because there, there's an app for that now, right. where you can actually mm-hmm. report yeah, yeah. <laughs> public defecation and stuff in San Francisco. So, I mean, to me, what this represents is like the left is very intent on um, protecting the rights of homeless people. I think everybody should have rights, but I think what they're failing to recognize is that, you know, business owners in the area, residents in the area, we have to take them into account too. And people will say, well, just because you don't have to see the homeless people doesn't mean homelessness isn't a problem. Like, sure. But I think I'm glad you brought up San Francisco because we don't want things to get that bad. And I would love it if all this left-wing activism focused more on ways to alleviate homelessness as an issue itself, right? Let's look at, you know, rehab facilities. Let's look at treatment programs. Let's look at unemployment as a whole rather than just make it easy to be homeless. That's not, I think, the long-term solution to this. Yeah, Um, and I do think that it kind of, it speaks to a a growing trend of not just just the homelessness issue, but this leftist, um, you know, uh, cause of 
everyone is entitled to whatever they want. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it really is everything at the is root of right. it. Right. Everything is a right. I mean, I, I was reading, I don't even remember who it was that wrote it, but there was some tweet on Twitter that took me down a rabbit hole of just <laughs> awfulness uh, that no one should have a billion dollars. No oh, yeah. one has the I right, right, to a billion dollars. Yeah. And I made the mistake of, you know, retweeting it. I think it was like, can, can anyone give me a good reason why anyone should have a billion dollars? And I was like, well, can anyone give me a good reason why it's any of your business? Mm-hmm. It's not your and business. Yes, greed, just, yeah. Right, yeah, just those. But, but I mean, you but, have people like Elon Omar who yeah. have introduced legislation to make housing for all, mm-hmm. right? right? She thinks mm-hmm. you should be guaranteed housing regardless of, you know, income, whatever. She put in immigration status, mm-hmm. which does mm-hmm. include illegal immigrants. She does want to house them. And no, it's, I think we've gotten to a level of entitlement that's, that's pretty scary. Yeah, and that's bad policy. But to pretend, on the other hand, that this policy debate is taken off the political arena by the Constitution is yeah. just another, a next level of insanity here. Yeah. Uh, moving on to former President Obama. He uh, he made these comments. What was it? Was it yesterday? He said he talked about women and um, I'm trying to find it. But he basically said that women, if women were leading all of uh, the world, all mm-hmm. of the, the countries country, in the world, yeah. every country in the world, that women could solve many of the world's problems, which obviously you men, <laughs> specifically you white men, have caused. He said uh, that uh they would, they would solve it all in two years, just two years on just about everything because we are, as Lauren and I know, superior. Mm. Better. Just better. Yeah. 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 Um, what I love about this is that he won his nomination against a woman. So it's like it's great in retrospect to be like, you know what, guys, let's take a step back now that my two terms are done. Um, and it's also I don't understand. Like, I understand saying, hey, maybe government should be more representative. Mm-hmm. I personally think that whoever is most qualified and represents my best interest, they don't need to look like me, share comic, whatever. Um, but I understand people who say maybe more women, whatever. We can have that conversation. But it's just all out. Nope. All the women. No more men. Let's just take this to the next level. Why? Why is that? Why is that better? Unless you actually think women are better. I mean, it really is. Pr- it's pretty sexist. Uh, one of the, the other quotes that he said about men was it's usually old men not getting out of the way. They cling to power. They are insecure. They have outdated ideas and the energy and fresh vision and new approaches are squashed. Funny, that's what they're saying about Barack Obama and the Democratic Party. Yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah, what they're actually true. saying. It. Also sounds like Biden is not getting his endorsement. Yeah. After all. yeah. I mean, it really is a, a strangely timed uh, yeah. thing to mm-hmm. say. Why hasn't he, why didn't he endorse Kamala Harris back when she was still in it yeah. based on this line of thought, right? Yeah. Not, not yeah. woman enough. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. I guess he has to go to Warren or Klobuchar or something. Yeah. Now, um, uh, maybe Michelle is what some people are saying. Uh, I don't know about that. Oh, uh, this late? Yeah. It's pandering, though, at the level of a superpower, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, this is like, I mean, this is incredible. I mean, it's like, it's, it's such a, it's such a weak thing. Like, and you know, we, we, we are all at that point. It seems like, and you hear this even when it comes to election analysis and everything else. Where everyone breaks everybody down by what they look like and what what their parts are. Stop making decisions on skin color. Stop making decisions based on on private parts. Stop making decisions. I mean, like these are just not rational ways to make decisions. And you know, they judge the individual. We all know that you know. Um, there are tons and tons of women who would be great uh, as leaders and tons and tons of men who would be great. And then there's a bunch <laughs> Nikki of... Nikki Haley. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nikki Haley might <laughs> be great. Uh, there's a ton of women that also would suck at that job. Yeah. Terrible. It has nothing to do with their gender. It has to do with them as individuals, their life experience, their education. All of these things come together. 
Um, and instead of that, we have to boil it all down because, like, we all act like we're too stupid to figure this out. Well, you know, it's embarrassing. If you're, you should never vote for someone because they're a woman. You should never vote for someone because they're black. You should never vote for someone because they're Hispanic. And the easiest way to make this point is to say you should never vote for someone because they're white. Everyone <laughs> on earth would say, of course, you shouldn't do that. That's terrible. Well, you shouldn't do any of those other things yeah. as well. They're the same action. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, I mean, this comment is just emblematic of the way they view the world, right? I mean, like, all the, all the, all the so-called pseudo-controversy leading up to this upcoming Democratic primary debate was whether or not they would be all white people on the stage. And you know what? Who cares? If those, are the, if those are the best candidates, if those are the ones who are drawing all the money, then those are the only people who should be on the stage. But more generally here, this identity politics and what some people, you know, some people call it multiculturalism, same thing, right? Interchangeable. It is fundamentally anathema to what this country stands for on a very like profound, deep-rooted, fundamental level. I mean, if, if you read Jefferson and Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, you know, parentheses slash women, are, are, are created equal. We are all equal. We are all children of God. We are all human. We are all humanity. Like it, it, America's a meritocracy. We are not supposed to be divided by all these arbitrary, ridiculous like characterizations. We are supposed to attain what we attain based on our skill and merit, and that is how we're supposed to be judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I seem to recall not too long ago we were supposed to actually follow MLK Jr.'s advice to judge people based on the content of their character yeah. and not on the color of their skin. Somehow the left has just swung the pendulum completely the entire uh, opposite way. Uh, all right, impeachment and uh, the votes for impeachment. What we think the Senate might be doing once they get the impeachment case when we come back. Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, Black Rifle Coffee Company. If you have not yet tried Black Rifle, you have to try it. Josh, Black Rifle is the exclusive coffee of the Daily Wire as well. We only use it in our office. The only coffee. I I remember that from whenever we were there. I was like, Mm. this is pretty sweet. Black (laughs) Rifle. Uh, Most places you go, it's like K-Cups. No, they have Black Rifle. Uh, Black Rifle is, of course, veteran-owned and operated. And the awesome thing about Black Rifle that really sets them apart from their competition is that they make these very small batch uh, roast-to-order blends. So you are getting the freshest coffee available when you get it from Black Rifle. They also have Black Rifle Coffee Club, which uh, you can go on online. Uh, They give you a discount and they ship it directly to your home or office, wherever you want it to get sent to you. And you get to pick from all of these different uh, flavors that they have. So you can get the dark roast or the medium roast or the double caffeinated roast. Uh, And so you can pick all these and then you're set and you're not going to the grocery store at 10 o'clock at night because you're like, oh, great. Now we're out of coffee and I didn't realize it until now. You're not going to get stuck like that. Also, throughout the month of December, Black Rifle is releasing the best product bundles in America uh, if you have to get some late minute la- or sorry last minute gift for anyone they've got a bunch of gift bundles there you got to go to blackriflecoffee.com slash why if you enter discount code why you will get 20% off of your first order of any coffee products uh, by the way that includes the coffee club black rifle coffee club that discount code will work for Black Rifle Coffee Club. That is huge. You're already getting a discount, and you get a discount on top of that if you use promo code Y. That is blackriflecoffee.com slash Y, promo code Y. All right, Democrats say they have the votes for impeachment. They, of course, uh, set the impeachment vote for tomorrow, for Wednesday. 
Um, they said at least 17 from the 31 Democratic-held districts that Mr. Trump won in the 2016 presidential race had announced they would support the abuse of power and obstruction of Congress charges. And with the new announcements of support and assuming no unexpected uh, defections, Democrats will have enough votes to impeach the president. Now, it will go to the Senate and we can talk about what, you know, that looks like, because I know Mitch McConnell hinted in a speech today that um, they're just going to move to dismiss it. Um, but new CNN poll really has bad news uh, for the Democrats. Impeachment support is now underwater and it has dropped significantly among them. So only 45 percent of Americans believe Trump should be impeached. And that's down five points from mid-November uh, when 50 percent said that he should be impeached and 47 percent just flat out oppose the impeachment, which is an increase of four percentage points since that same amount of time. Um, Stu, first, let me, let me get your thoughts on just uh, America's kind of change on uh, what they think about impeachment. I mean, I think it's going that direction um, in that I think, you know, you, when you build a multiple year case about how terrible this person is and how obvious it is he should be impeached and then you come to the table with that amount of evidence and, and that kind of an underwhelming case um, I, I don't think people were won over by it you know there's a couple things you're doing when you're trying to impeach a president uh, if you're the democrats which is you know number one you're trying to actually impeach him and get him removed that's not really what they're even attempting here right like this is just an attempt to you know, play to their activist base and, you know, maybe have something they can put in their ads that this president's been impeached and they can later on claim that he stole the election or whatever they're planning to do with this. Um, I think you know, the polling has been generally, I would say, mixed. I mean, it, it is showing it's about 50-50. This one it was kind of on the favorable side. There's been some others that have been not quite as good looking for the president. But there's there's no overwhelming movement there, um, which I think is, is significant. It's the only way that you would actually get uh, some you know someone removed. I went through the the polls uh, today um, and went through the people who are on the fence or have not uh, yet responded in the House because they'd have to lose I think seventeen mm-hmm. um, on the Democratic side to to lose the impeachment. I don't think you can get to that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a, I think I want to say there's three in districts where Trump won by ten or more points. You know, certainly like low hanging fruit there. There's another I want to say. I want to say it's nine that are in the the uh, area of zero to ten points, but Trump won the district. Mm-hmm. So there, you're looking at potentially twelve there that you could get. There's a few more, maybe three on the other side. Uh, um, you know, close wins for Democrats, but to get to, you're not going to get to seventeen. My guess is you're going to get to mid to high single digits as far as defections go. Yeah. Uh, but it, the polling is is I think reflective of what Amer- where America is, which is underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Right? They look at this and they're just like, you know. This feels like just this partisan action, and it turns impeachment, which is historic when you look at it, it's only happened three times, but this doesn't feel historic. This feels like just another day at the office. They're screaming about Donald Trump. They've been doing it for two years. Now they've found another way to do it. Yeah, Josh, you would think that Democrats would have learned from the whole Russia debacle, right? (laughs) Because at first they came out and they're like right out of the gate. They're like, obviously, he colluded with Russia. America said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. Like, let's get him. And then the longer it went on, we were like, "Okay, we're kind of tired of hearing about this. This is kind of the boy who cried wolf. There's nothing here. And you saw Americans say, all right, I'm out. 
It looks like they didn't learn their lesson, and the same thing is happening now with impeachment. Yeah, I mean, the Washington Post famously published an article on January 20th, 2017, saying, like, now's the time to impeach Donald Trump, okay? I mean, like, this, this has literally been going on since the beginning of his presidency, and I'm not the first person to raise this point, but the only reason that this five-page, literally five-page, this five-page transcript of a phone call, where not everything was fully kosher, obviously, but, like, it was still, like, a fairly anodyne, unoffensive phone call in the grand scheme of things. The only reason why this five-page transcript of the phone call got to this level is because the Mueller report did not produce the smoking gun that they were looking for. But take a step back a little bit, because I think Stu's basically nailed this. They've been talking about this for so long, and the way I phrased it in the column for the New York Post this past weekend was I said... The Democrats, in poker terminology, have now revealed their hand, and they were bluffing. They were bluffing all along. It was a pure bluff. The second article of impeachment, abuse of power, whatever. But the second article of impeachment, obstruction of Congress? What does that even mean? (laughs) You're literally trying to impeach James Madison, who said in Federalist 51 that ambition shall be made to counteract ambition. You're trying to impeach the president for asserting that he is an independent branch and capable of pushing back (laughs) on the legislative branch. It, It is completely nonsensical. It is a poker bluff, and I am not the least bit surprised that Americans are finally coming around in the polling average to, you know, recognize that. Yeah. Lauren, what do you think of uh, Mitch McConnell suggesting, sort of hinting that after the opening arguments, they're going to, he thinks that the Senate is going to move to just dismiss it? Well, I don't think anyone who's been been paying attention or knows what impeachment actually means is going to be surprised. I feel like a lot of Democrats or just people in general have been talking about impeachment as if when the House votes on this, Trump is gone. It's like, no, that's not how this works I've actually read people saying he's going to jail. No. Yeah. It's like you get you get sentenced. Like, no, that's not what happens. The uh, Senate is <laughs> still in control on this. So um, I think Mitch McConnell is right. Like the Senate, I, I know um, Democrats in the Senate say, no, we need to keep investigating and bring more witnesses. No, that's not how this mm-hmm. happens. All right. Mm-hmm. The Democrats made their decision to rush through this as fast as possible. And guess what? It, now that it's at the Senate, their job is to vote on this. And if they just want to dismiss it outright, they have that right to. And we always knew what was going to happen when it got to the Republican-controlled Senate. So I think a lot of people just wanted to impeach him to say, we've impeached him and hope that maybe people don't know what that means, right? It, it, it really is meaningless at this point. And I think Democrats, since Trump was elected, knew that they wanted to impeach him. They just didn't know for what. And I think (laughs) a great example of that is how in, you know, when they solemnly came and gave those speeches like, this is hard and this is not happy, but we have to impeach. It's like you guys are. And Maxine Waters in the back, she didn't get the memo. She's still happy about it. But they mentioned things like if we don't do this now, this is just going to give him the opportunity to cheat again, like coerce foreign governments to help him again. And it's like, no, like that's not that's not what you're impeaching him for. You've even forgotten what you're impeaching him for. So it's I think America is tired of this. We know it's just political games. And I guess I mean, next year we're going to see what what people ultimately think of it. People can impeach him. We obviously don't believe he's he's doing these things because the worst thing in the world you could do if you actually believe Donald Trump was trying to fix the election is do this. Impeach him for this and then he it, it gets, uh, you know, dismissed by the Senate. Now, you're not going to impeach him again. Yeah. Now he can do whatever he wants, basically, for the next uh, six months. It's, it's just such a ridiculous thing. And to your point of, like, uh, that they learned their lesson, I, honestly, I think this might be, they think this is them learning their lesson. Like, a, a lot of, there's a line of Democratic thought that believes the reason why the Russia thing didn't work is because it was really long and really broad. Mm. Right? They, they accused him of like 9 million things mm. and it took a really long time for this whole investigation and all these reports. What if we try it this time Will we just take one really basic thing that's obvious, like we can all look and he, the call did exist and the things were said and we can all analyze it and keep it very narrow on that and blow through it as fast as possible. 
Maybe that'll work. They've tried now both. I mean, this is basically they've tried both ways. And the, the only thing they're leaving out of this is they need something that actually is impeachable. Like they forgot about <laughs> that part of the ingredient. It's like, like you know, you pulled out the small uh, little thing. Yeah, exactly. Like the Thanksgiving tray comes out. There's just not a turkey in it. it you turn the oven on, you put a tray in there. You just forgot to put the turkey on there. That's a problem. That's a, that's a good analogy. I like that. All right. Back in a minute. That is a really good analogy. Bizarre. It's a bizarre. Oh, yes. I, like, I, I don't know what they think they're getting at. If you are looking for uh, the perfect gift for... I am. Are you? Mm-hmm. For your patriotic loved one? Mm-hmm. I have one. Do you? Mm-hmm. Do you have they're loved one? and they're patriotic. <laughs> okay. What well, should I do? Listen, listen. You got to go to uh, blazetv.com. We've got a special promo code for you guys to use to get them a, an annual subscription. It will get you... 30-day free trial plus $20 off. It's News 20 off. You can go to uh, blazetv.com slash news and why. That is News 20 off. Now, like I said, there are some requirements. Uh, they have to be a patriotic loved one, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. as Stu, you know, really, really hammered home. <laughs> um, also, they have, to, uh, they have to not like fake news. They have to only appreciate real news. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are laughing. I'm being serious. Um, also, they have to go watch Pseudo Intellectual with Lauren Chen, which is also available at BlazeTV.com, also available on BlazeTV's YouTube, also on Lauren Chen's YouTube, Pseudo Intellectual with Lauren Chen. We've got a lot more coming up, including, I don't know if you know this, saying Merry Christmas is a GOP talking point. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Before we move on from impeachment, everyone's favorite daytime talk show, The View, uh, they were talking about impeachment and, of course, all of the left-wing parrots who host this show. They were all talking about Republicans are not doing their duty in the impeachment process um, because they're going to vote against removing Trump from office. I know that was a really good impression. Um, And Meghan McCain tried to interject, say like, hey guys, maybe I can give you a little bit different perspective because that's kind of why I'm here. Got shut down by Whoopi. Watch. Here's what's happening now. We're gonna, we're gonna keep. Girl, please stop talking. Please stop talking right now. Cause you know what? No problem. What's happening? Thank you. No problem. Thank you. I won't talk the rest of the show. No problem. Okay, I'm okay with that. We know. I'm okay with that. If you're going to behave like this. I'm not behaving like anything. You are. You are talking over. Yes, we understand that. No, I'm that, But you are, but what you're doing. No, I'm not. Is your We're not doing anything. How about this? Oh, shrill. That is oh. a shrill show. Nails, oh. on, nails on chalkboard. Oh, my God. How is this show still on? How is this show still on? Yeah. I mean, I, feel, I, I just feel so bad for Megan McCain sometimes. I mean, she is fighting such, such a lonely battle up there. But here's what I don't know. If, if you're a producer of this show or director or whatever the, the right term is, here's what, here's what I don't quite understand. Why would you have her up there if the other hosts are going to say literally do not contribute to the show? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point? But... Generally, as, as far as inter-female bickering is concerned, I defer to two ladies here. Yeah. Well, and let me, let me, I want to get your take, Lauren, but I do, I do want to just say, I feel like the producers, the whole point of having her up there 
is to make her look stupid. Mm. Is so that Whoopi and all the others can have those gang up on yeah, her. that have those yeah. gotcha moments and all of their left wing you know, right. audience goes, Yeah, you told her, you really stuck it to her. I feel like that really that's gotta be it. I don't there's no other logical reason for them to do that. Lauren, yeah, what do I you mean, think? I think the, the probably the headline that the producers are hoping for is like Meghan McCain tries to defend Trump and Wolf, Whoopi Goldberg was not having it yeah. like play queen. Yeah. But I think for regular <laughs> reasonable people, you just look at that and think, OK, she's insufferable. Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, right. I mean, yes. um, she's a rude person. No, she, she's rude. just very rude. And the thing with like Meghan McCain is that you have to understand she is She's one of the few conservatives that would even be invited to The View, right? Yes, so you can yeah. even, she, you know, she's not some pro-Trump, like, right. MAGA diehard. So can you imagine what, I mean, these women, these harpies, if I could say that, would yeah. say to, I don't know, someone who is even, like, more gung-ho for the president? It, it wouldn't be pretty. And these people are, they're just so insufferable. I don't know who voluntarily watches them. I don't understand. Th- that's what, so The View and Twitter both make me so pessimistic about where society is yeah. headed because it, I just am like, this is a complete hellhole. And the view is still on. <laughs> and you go to Twitter and you're like, there are people that exist who actually say these things <laughs> yeah. and, like all day. Turn it down. Yes. <laughs> we need to start over. Something wrong. That's how I feel all the time. And it worries me how popular viewpoints like Whoopi Goldberg, because it'd be one thing if, um, you know, this happened and everyone was universally saying, how could she do this? This was so wrong. But yeah. a lot of people are on her side. Right. Yeah. Right? A lot of people think yeah. that she was right in trying to shut down like Republican propaganda from Meghan McCain, which is ridiculous. Hate speech, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are the views ratings? Like, do, like, do people like really watch it? Like, does it do well? I have no idea. Be honest with I mean, you. all I can tell you is that during the day when something like this happens, I always see it trending on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's the view. Hashtag the view is trending on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what happened today that they, you know, is going to make headlines. So I, I feel like if it wasn't getting at least decent ratings, right. Right. we wouldn't hear about it. Yeah, I think, they, I think you're right. Like they like this stuff yeah. because this is the only time we talk about it. At least the only time I see it trending on my timeline is when people are like hate watching mm-hmm. it. But hate watching is still <laughs> watching, I guess. So they have that for. Yeah, them. I mean, I feel like I only see view-related headlines when Meghan McCain is either making a good point or is just being like absolutely crapped upon by people like Whoopi Goldberg. Like, yeah. like, like if there's a conversation between two hosts not named Meghan McCain, <laughs> yeah. it, it never generates headlines, at least in my Twitter feed. But no, well, I mean, a imagine if. If, uh, if a man had spoken to Meghan McCain like that, I would hope Ooh. that someone would have a problem with the way that they were treating women, right? The left, the left always talks about being a champion for women until it's a conservative woman being. And you can spoken just tell to. her to shut up. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but I feel like that whole back and forth was such a good representation of the left in society in general. Yes. Because that's all they want to do is, yes. is silence everyone who opposes them. Yes. Shut them down, silence them, don't let them talk. Okay, I guess I'm just not going to talk for the rest of the time. Good. I'm good with that. In fact, that was my goal from the beginning was to just shut you up. So thank you. I mean, it's like, if that isn't a perfect representation of the left today... I don't know what is. Lauren, I know you deal with that a lot. Yeah, and it's frustrating, especially with this show, because the thing is, like, Meghan McCain, lover or hater, she knows about politics, right? This is the world that she grew up in. She's a political analyst and stuff. She's being told to shut up by... Someone like Whoopi Goldberg. Like, no offense to right. her. No, actually, some offense to Whoopi Goldberg. This is not her <laughs> Lots expertise, of offense to Whoopi right? Goldberg, okay? Not, not only does offense. she have a, a, a different opinion than Megan, I would say she's less informed on the issue. Yes. So we are having someone shut down another person who has, yeah, a different opinion, but also who knows more about that person. If, if that isn't representative uh-huh. of political discourse today, then I don't know what is. Uh, now, Lauren, I don't know if you know this. 
but Whoopi Goldberg was in Sister Act and also Sister Act 2. So we need her take on impeachment. <laughs> obviously, she is the expert. Yeah. Josh Lesford on Yeah, this. I mean, Dennis Prager always talked about the difference between being a lowercase l liberal and a progressive. The old school version of liberal was agree to disagree. The new school version of progressive is agree that you should be shut up and have to back away from the public square in, in, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to saying Merry Christmas is a GOP talking point, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about my girl AOC. Uh, AOC, never one to disappoint, always one to give us great content. She was on Twitter the other day and was complaining about, uh, you know, the Obamacare which she didn't call by name, but that's what it is. Uh, She said, members of Congress also have to buy their plans off the exchange. They are gold plans that are partially subsidized. That means I get to, quote, choose between 66 complex financial products. This is absurd. No person should go without health care, and no one should go through this either. The nerve of America to give this woman 66 different options to <laughs> too choose much from. Choice. It's too much. There's too many numbers. Yeah. It gets all jumbled in her head. It gives her a headache. She Gotta has trouble read. reading. Yeah, it's hard. I, it, that's it's just, hard. I don't, why is this poor woman so mistreated? Well, I mean, the obvious solution in, in AOC's mind to her inability to compare 66 competing healthcare plans, <laughs> it's a nationalized 70% of the, of the yeah. national economy, yes. right? I mean, why wouldn't you just go from point A to point B just right. like that? Yeah. Have, have the government make this decision yeah. for me because I can't, I yeah. can't figure it out myself. They need to right. be the ones to tell me. But what's amazing, as you said, Sarah, she's criticizing Obamacare. And, yep. she's, and, and yeah. this is seven and a half years um, after the Supreme Court upheld Obamacare. I mean, the, the, the Obama presidency was not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And in a very short time, the left is just completely thrown under the bus that entire legacy. It's really crazy to watch. And I think that's one of their best successes, one of the biggest failures of the Republican Party, the left has successfully painted America's current health care situation as the fault of the right, yeah. which is insane because, yeah. right, the Democrats had Congress, they had the presidency, they could have done whatever they wanted. Yep. This was what they wanted. And yet somehow they're painting it as like this failure of capitalism. Like, mm-hmm. where is that coming from? And Republicans are not doing a good enough job presenting an alternative. I mean, she, this is this is ridiculous, but Absolutely. also I want to see better from Republicans. Completely agree. Uh, I also was reading the other day, um, someone made the point of, you know, I think it was in this Twitter exchange. They were like, "Uh, yeah, that's Obamacare. And then another person said, no, actually, it's the Affordable Care Act. I'm like, I just, I can't with you people. I, oh my God, I just can't. I can't. I'm ready for Christmas and a little time off. Uh, All right, before we go. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch made an appearance on Fox News, uh, Fox and Friends this morning. He has a new book that's coming out and, uh, you know, he was there to talk to them, whatever. Uh, Many of the Supreme Court justices do this. They make the rounds. Um, But he said something that was just honestly it was awful. It was terrible. Um, if you have small children in the room, I suggest that you remove them because it, this is just, I, I can't believe it. I'll let you watch for yourself. It has been more than two years since Justice, Justice Neil Gorsuch joined the nation's highest court. And now he is out with a brand new book, A Republic If You Can Keep It. Joining us now for a rare live interview, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. Good morning to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love that you say that. What an honor to, to talk to you. Oh, my gosh. The scandal. Oh, my God. He said it, you guys. He said it. I can't. 
I hope the edit was prepared to censor that. I hope that what you guys heard at home was just a beep and not the actual real phrase, Merry Christmas. So this just set the left off. Uh, let me just give you a couple good tweets from these. Amy Vanderpool. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch just appeared on Fox and Friends this morning, making a point to parrot the Merry Christmas talking point of the GOP. If he's willing to go on Fox and throw a shout out to Republican narratives, what else is he willing to do? Another one from Sean Kent. On Fox News, Neil Gorsuch made a point to say Merry Christmas like he just gained the freedom to say it under Trump. This guy is such a worst case scenario of a stolen Supreme Court seat. And of course, our favorite Brian Stelter. Justice Neil Gorsuch is on Fox and Friends right now. The Q. How is it appropriate for a Supreme Court justice to try to goose sales of his three-month-old book by chatting on one of the most partisan shows on TV? Josh, you're Jewish. Are you offended? I am grossly offended, Sarah. <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to quote Dennis Prager for the second time in this overtime segment. Yeah. Dennis is a pretty religious Jew, and he wrote a column like six years ago where he said, most Jews wish you a Merry Christmas. And honestly, when he says most, it's probably like 95 plus percent, okay? I like being told Merry Christmas told to me, and I say Merry Christmas back. You know why? Because Christmas is a obviously distinctly religious holiday. It's also a federal holiday, mm -hmm. and it is a beautiful, beautiful holiday for tens and hundreds of millions of Americans. It is it is so festive and the lights and it's beautiful yeah. and this is just nonsense i mean like alternatively brian stelter we're literally one week away from christmas and he <laughs> and he wants to wish merry christmas like that's a whole week hard to believe right yeah. a whole week yeah. uh lauren can you believe that a supreme court justice would just just write out loud in I front know. of everyone verbalize such a awful gop talking point well this is delicious reaction from the left because at the same time Oh my God, can you believe he's trying to make it out like he just got the ability to say Merry Christmas as if there's some war on Christmas. But also, this is a Republican talking point to say Merry Christmas. You can't have it both ways. Either the war on Christmas is not real and you can say it, or to say it is a Republican talking point. Right? You can't have it both ways. And it's like, I'm fine with people saying Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Like, that's fine too. But I'm also someone like, from the other, I guess, a different perspective, I would never be offended if someone told me Happy Hanukkah mm -hmm. or Happy Diwali mm -hmm. or whatever, even if I don't celebrate that right. holiday because they're still wishing me a happy something. I, right. I just don't get why it's become so politicized. And I didn't even see that as a political statement by Gorsuch. He was just like, yes, it is Christmas. Merry Christmas. I mean, isn't that sad that something yes. yeah. Merry Christmas is now talked about as a GOP talking point? <laughs> like, can, we can't just enjoy the holiday together. You guys have to ruin everything. Literally everything you ruin. Thank you very much and Merry Christmas. Uh, yesterday's poll, if Hillary jumped into the 2020 race, would she win the Democrat nomination? Interesting. 64% of you said no. 36% of you said yes, Hillary would win the Democrat nomination. I would have thought for more on the nose because yeah, me too, she yeah. wins every poll that she's in. She beats all of the actual people who are running for president. So... Interesting results there. Uh, let's see. Josh, do you think she's running? At this point, no. She can't, right? No, it's, it's, too, it's, too it's, it's too late. It's too late. Okay. Lauren, well, I know we talked about this a little yeah, bit. I, I, don't, I don't think she is going to, but I think kind of teasing it is a way to stay relevant. Well, right. and also doesn't hurt book sales probably. Right. Exactly. Right. Because, right? I mean, I know Speaker we Speaker fees, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this, that at the same time that she has a new book coming out, she's making the rounds. That's not 
out of the ordinary, right? That's mm -hmm. normal. It just so happens that these are the questions that people are asking her because that's what's going on right now. Yeah. So I feel like when you put all those pieces together, it's like, okay, she's not running. It's just to boost book sales. But it is fun to, uh, <laughs> to think about. <laughs> another another Trump-Hillary rematch. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Uh, today's poll, why are the Democrats impeaching Trump? Here are your options. They hate Trump. Trump committed a crime. They're afraid of Trump or they just want to win. Interesting options. I, I feel like there could be like a mixture because they definitely hate Trump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't think Trump committed a crime. There's no way that no they way. think that. They are afraid of Trump and they just want to win. Yeah. All of those have to be true. I, right? think, I think hate Trump is probably the best answer. There. I think that's the most visceral yeah. reason yeah. why they're doing it. Yeah. They don't. Orange man bad. Exactly. Squawk, orange man bad. Let us know what you think. You can go to uh, The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Guys, thank you for being here. You got it, Sarah. Uh, I apologize that Stuber Gear was so <laughs> rude to just leave while you guys were here before we were even done. Uh, he's an A-list celeb. He gets to do what he it's wants. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, it's only Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.